We are reading from the Gospel according to St. Matthew. And if you wish to follow it in the Bibles on the shelves in front of you, you'll find it on page 971. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way as you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, through you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Don. And it's lovely to welcome Mark um, and whenever Mark comes over to preach, he always makes his way from Santa's Fire, and it's an incredible thing that he does from moving from one part of town to the other to be with us. And I'm always grateful to my brother from another mother for serving with him and working with him as well. So it'd be lovely to pray for you, Mark, before you bring God's word to us. And so, Father God, we do give thanks for Mark, and we give thanks for the many gifts that you have poured out upon him. And we pray now that you would bless him and bless us as we hear of your word. Amen. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. There was once a vicar who had a parrot. It was a lovely parrot, but it could only say one thing. It would just say, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, over and over again, as you might expect maybe from a vicar's parrot, what it had picked up. He shared this with his church warden and said, I've got this parrot, and he says one thing. He says, well... I've got a parrot too, and she can only say one thing too. She just says, give us a kiss, give us a kiss, give us a kiss, over and over again. So the vicar thought, well, it's good for his parrot to branch out, maybe he's learned some new vocabulary. So he invited the church warden and his parrot round to the vicarage, and they decided to see what would happen if they put the parrots together in the same cage. So they did that. The church warden's parrot began the conversation, give us a kiss, Give us a kiss. But then the vicar's parrot said, 
Thank you, Lord. My prayers have been answered. <laughs> prayer. We're in a mini-series about prayer today. And we're going to be looking together at that passage from Matthew 7, uh, verses 1 to 12. You might like to have that open in your Bibles. We're going to go through it uh, verse by verse. It's got that lovely bit, doesn't it, about asking, seeking, knocking. And it was tempting when I looked at this early in the week to jump straight in there. Against that and look straight at that. But it's really important, isn't it, to see Bible verses in context. That's why we had that longer reading right from the beginning uh, to right down to verse 12. Because this is a fascinating passage. It's, it's a rare insight into Jesus the carpenter. We don't often hear Jesus talking about his work as a carpenter and what his dad would do. Uh, Jesus normally tells agricultural stories. They're all about sheep that get lost, weeds that grow up in the crops, good soil, bad soil. Those are his normal stories. But here we get a, a little glimpse of Jesus the carpenter, remembering what it was like to get a bit of sawdust in your eyes as you're working the wood. And it's fascinating, isn't it? We've got that great focus on carpentry today, and it fits in beautifully as we've had Asher dedicated. Uh, Some of you all know that Asher's grandfather, Rod, is a very talented carpenter, very good with wood, responsible for quite a bit of woodwork around in our churches in the parish. Uh, If it looks good, it's probably Rod that's done it for us. And I understand that Anne-Marie is also learning from him and picking up the skills. So this is really good today as we think about Jesus the carpenter. And we're going to use carpenter's tools to help us unpack this Bible passage today. It's a challenging piece, all about people, prayer, and perspective. And we're going to take it a verse at a time. It begins with that quite famous verse, Do not judge or you too will be judged. That's where we begin. A lot of people stop reading there after those first three words, do not judge. And they quote that maybe out of context, as if that means we should show no discernment, no wisdom in our dealings with the world around, no sense of morality even. But we're not called to stop there, reading there, but to read the whole thing. We are called to show wisdom. We are called to make judgments as Christians, what is not required of us is to play the part of judge, taking the place of God. So we're going to look at our carpenter's tools. And right at the beginning, this will be a test. Rod's not allowed to answer, but I'll test you on the sort of tools you might find in our carpenter's uh, toolbox here. So the first of our carpenter's tools remind us of just who God is. When we come to prayer, who is it we're talking to? He is not a chisel. These are not very good, Rod, are they? I think you should have bought things here. He is ruler of all. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Um, see where we're going with this one, can't you? God is the ruler of all. We're going to collect our tools together and look through this. God is God. He alone has got the right to judge. When we come to him, in prayer, we remember who he is. Verse 2 reminds us, in the same way as you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This verse it reminds us how we treat others. We need to be a people who are ready to forgive. For our forgiveness depends on it. The chapter before this one, 
uh, in Matthew 6 contains these very challenging words of Jesus. If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. As we approach this bit about prayer in the middle of this thing here, we think about our relationship with other people. How good is it? Are we always ready to forgive others? The measure you use, it will be measured to you. The same way you judge others, you'll be judged there. Often we struggle with this. We need to ask God to help us. Often our focus, as it goes on here, is on other people's vices. Yes, well done. You get in the hang of this now. We concentrate on other people's vices. We have this uh, lovely Monty Python sequence then, don't we, in here, of Jesus describing someone trying to perform a delicate eye operation, despite the fact they're walking around with a big plank of wood sticking out of their eye. The plank mentioned here, according to the Bible commentators, is probably about 12 metres long. It's the one that was used to support a house. It was what they would do when they build a house, start with that supporting thing. So you've got somebody here with this huge pole sticking out their eye, and Jesus is talking about what would it be like if they tried to do a little bit of eye surgery on somebody else and try and get a little bit of sawdust out of their eye. But Jesus is making the point, isn't it? We're so quick to find faults in others. We see their vices before we see fault in ourselves and we lay the blame elsewhere. Uh, Jeff Lucas, in his book Specks and Planks, tells a lovely story about how he was out at a a nice restaurant with his friends, uh, some lovely gentle background music, and then suddenly there was this raucous change to the music as out came a rendition of Bar Bar Black Sheep very loudly in a children's entertainer's voice on repeat. So he eventually gets fed up of it and complains to the management and says, look, can you do something about the music? This is really bad. They go and check their sound system and they come back and say, it's actually not us. And then he discovers a phone in, in their group, in their bag, which has got onto some children's app, is responsible for the music. But he says how easy it is to blame other people, to see the faults in others, often our own faults. If we're untidy, we see untidiness in other people. If we're tempted by one sin, we point the finger at others who fail in that way. We see it in the media, how they like to bring people down. Concentrate on their vices to make them feel better. So Jesus here gives this story of uh, the sawdust and the plank and says, Stop the hypocrisy. Stop, you hypocrite, he says. Take the plank out of your own eye. And you'll see it clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You need to clamp down on it, he says. Remember how he responded to the crowd who accused the woman of adultery. Let any one of you who's without sin be first to throw the stone at her. Because we just point the finger and we're so guilty of this. I love to take my dog Caddy out for a walk every day and at the moment it's been a bit muddy Um, and we get back to the house and I'm afraid sometimes there's a bit of a mess in our hallway. Uh, Caddy is very good. When she comes back to the house, she's trained. If she's got wet feet, she'll wipe her paws on the mat. She's very good. And I I try and remember to do the same, to copy the good example of my, uh, my 
my dog. But if our hallway is a bit muddy, and there's mud everywhere, and Joanna gets a bit grumpy, um, it's easy for me to blame it on the dog. I say, oh, I took the dog up the woods today. It's very muddy. That's why there's mud everywhere. And that, that's okay for a while until Joanne spots the outline of my trainers on the floor and then realizes where the blame really is. Take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And our passage continues with some plain advice for you. Uh, Verse 6. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Example, we are called to make judgments. The dogs here are not nice little dogs like Caddy, my pet dog. Uh, Jesus is talking about wild animals, not house pets like Caddy. So the good advice is, well, it's... Anyone? Belt and braces. Yeah, well done, belt and braces. It's good. We need to have the belt and braces approach, how we treat others. Having that discernment, having that judgment, but being discerning too. If someone doesn't want to hear the gospel, if they're not interested in Jesus, then we move on. Don't force things. We can pray for them. But being careful about what we do. Don't give to dogs what is sacred. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. Don't waste your time and energy on people that don't want to know. We've already got part of the way through. And so much, we haven't done a lot on prayer yet, have we? Because we need to see this in context. And this key word of relationship. Prayer is reflected by, affected by our relationship with others. And of course, it's important to think about our relationship with God. And we, get the, we need to get those right first. Jesus reminds people in Matthew 5, if you're offering your gift at the altar, remembering that your brother or sister has something against you first, leave your gift there and go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gifts. The right relationship with others and the right relationship with God, trusting him as our loving heavenly father. We come to prayer, as we do in the next bit. We have a, a sander. And it's important to remember that prayer is more than just how to send a message to God. It's, it's a conversation. It's, it's in the context of relationship. And we get this lovely bit now, don't we? We've got to this bit now in prayer. Ask, seek, knock. Jesus. I love that and I spent a long time looking at those words. I I love the fact that ask, seek, knock actually spells out ask, which like sums it all up as we go to God in prayer. And what an encouragement this is to us. These words of Jesus for us today. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks the door will be opened we interpret this in the context of our Heavenly Father's loving relationship with us and our relationship with God remember we have a Heavenly Father who knows what is best for us at all times 
because sometimes we get it wrong. When I take Caddy, my dog, out, um, she loves being off the lead and she loves running free up in the woods above Pengelice. She loves that. But when we're in the town, I put her on the lead, even though she's not particularly keen and wants to be off. But it keeps her safe by the busy roads. She has to trust that I know best. Sometimes God can let us off the lead and to run free. Other times, he wants to keep us close. He knows the dangers that are there. We ask, we seek, we knock, and then we trust in God. Just thinking through this this morning, it really struck me as I was praying about this passage today, that these words are imperatives. They are commands. Jesus doesn't say, well, if you feel like it, if you're bothered about something, why not pray? Or why not do this? It's not that, is it? These are commands. Ask. Seek. Knock. Do it. Pray. And I was praying this morning about this, and I just felt really that God wanted me to tell you today, tell my people to pray. Have we lost that enthusiasm for prayer we got out of the habit got a bit sloppy in our prayer life recently it's important really key in our relationship to God that we set aside time every day to spend in our father's presence that we set aside time every week to pray with others to come to God in prayer ask seek knock it's a command It calls for persistence. We ask, we seek, we knock. Sometimes we even have to hammer at the door. Uh, There's some real urgency in our prayers. And we really have to tackle this with uh, urgency. Knocking and knocking on that door. I love it when I go out visiting people uh, and see them in their homes. But one thing I'm scared about is doorbells. I go up to someone's house, Kai will probably understand this, and you press the doorbell and you don't hear anything. Have you been in that situation? You're thinking, has the doorbell worked or not? And you're standing on the doorstep thinking, how long can I leave it before I like, press it again harder? Or will I annoy the person inside? And you wait and wait, and in the end you have another go. And then if you give up, you do what I do, which is just bang on the door really loudly, start hammering on the door and hopefully get a response. We're called to knock, and the door will be open to you. But to knock and keep knocking and to be persevering in our prayers, to keep praying. We see these words, ask and it will be given to you. That doesn't mean to say that that's a guarantee that we'll get everything on our prayer shopping list. You don't always get everything you set out to when you go shopping. Every week uh, I go shopping off to Morrison's and Joanne gives me a list of the things to put in the trolley. And then when we get back home to the house, I give her some feedback on what I've bought. It can either be a yes, I've got it, don't worry, we've got that this week. Or no, I'm afraid there weren't any cauliflowers in the shop. I did look, and I looked underneath, and I looked above the top shelves, but there were no cauliflowers, so please don't be cross with me, Joanne, about that. Sometimes I try and be clever and be brave, and this is very scary, uh, and try and substitute something. So Joanne will put something on the shopping list, and I'll think, well, that's not there, but how about I buy this instead? And sometimes it leads you into trouble, and you discover lots of things. It's a learning process, isn't it? So if I say things like, Sorry, Joanne, Uh, I'm afraid there wasn't any double cream, but I bought two lots of single cream. So that surely must be the same, isn't it? 
thinking like a mathematician. Uh, two lots of single cream, that's it. but it doesn't always work, does it? Substitutes, not always good. When we pray and we bring sometimes our shopping list of things to God, it's a bit like that. Sometimes you get a yes. It's in stock, you can have it. God says, yes, here you are, have this blessing. Sometimes God says, no, this isn't good for you at the moment. This isn't the right time. This isn't the right thing for you. And we have to accept that. And sometimes, just like when I go shopping, you get a surprising substitute. So you pray about this problem, and sometimes, if you're like me, you tell God how he should solve it. Say, God, I need you to do this because I've got this problem in my life. But God has another idea. And hey, the problem's solved, but in a way that you didn't expect it. It's a substitutionary answer. In all of those, the yeses, the no's, the surprising answers. We learn to trust in God. We develop and deepen our relationship with him. We remember to pray for his will, for his kingdom, his purpose, his priorities. We pray for others around us, those relationships we've thought of, and we pray for ourselves. We place our prayers into his hands and trust him. Though it can be hard, we need to ask, seek, and knock. Sometimes it's good to have other people to pray with us or for us when we're going through things. And as always, at the end of our service, we've got a prayer ministry team who will be in the side chapel. And if you've got something this morning, you're thinking, well, I need prayer. I need something. I'm not sure what to go with this. I need someone else to pray with me. Then do ask, and we'll be happy to pray with you and for you. And we move on towards the last session when Jesus really tries to drill it home, uh, the message he's been saying about how God loves us. He says this, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? If he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? We've been singing this morning about how Our Father is a good, good God. And here, Jesus reminds us about God's love. It's a strange bit, isn't it, about bread and stones and fish and snakes. Um, Maybe thinking about it makes sense. A loaf of bread can look a bit like a stone and a fish wriggles like a snake. Jesus reminds us the great love that God has for us. And it's important that we remember that as we come to God in prayer. Here's a God who longs to bless us longs to answer our prayers, longs to give us the good things. Our toolbox is filling up. We've got quite a lot of carpentry uh, things here. Um, But here, maybe this is the most important bit. We come to the most important wooden object that there is when we think about carpentry, and that is the cross. And to be honest, it's probably not a good piece of carpentry. Uh, it may just have been two bits of wood tied together where Jesus grew. So it could have been nailed crudely in place. But it's so important that all of this comes back to the cross. We remind ourselves that Jesus died for us, proving what a love our Heavenly Father had for us, that he gave up his Son for us, that we might be forgiven to be able to live life in all its fullness. That most important piece of carpentry there is that just shows us God's love.
how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? James 1.17 has got that lovely phrase reminding us that God gives us so much, longs to bless us. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. It reminds us that God really is the source of all good things. There we are, that one should stay in your memory. God is the source of all good things. He's our loving Father that we celebrate today. Uh, the one that we pray that Asher will grow up and know. And then that final verse summarizes a lot of what we've heard. In everything, says Jesus, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. In everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. One final thing maybe for our toolbox, which is spirit level. Very important if you're a carpenter to make sure that things are are right. And the spirit level, what a great example. We need the spirit to keep us level in all things. To make sure that we don't think too highly of ourselves. Start looking down on others. But remembering too how much we are worth to God. So we have the right realisation of who we are. We need his spirit to humble us when we need it and to encourage us when we are down, to keep us on that level. So this morning, a challenge from Matthew's Gospel. We thought about people, prayer and perspective. People, how are our relationships? Maybe there's something you need to sort out this week. Anything you need to put right? Anything you need God's help with? prayer have we given up on it be encouraged today that prayer matters god listens prayer changes things more often than not changes us do we need to get back seriously to prayer this week and perspective how much more do we need of the holy spirit to give us that right perspective of just who we are in god he is our heavenly father we are his children and he loves us so much. Later on, we're, we're receiving communion as part of our service. You might like to come and kneel and pray for more of God's spirit, for an improved relationship with God and with others. So those are the tools. Let's pray that this week we can put them to use as we seek to serve God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the instruction contained in your word. We thank you for challenging us this morning. We pray that we may see you more clearly. Help us to pray with confidence, to pray with faith, learning to trust you even when it's difficult. We pray that you'll help us to use all the tools at our disposal to bring glory to your name, to build your kingdom here in this community to spread its values in our town. This we ask through the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Saviour. Amen.